Section 25 of Bits About Tone Matters by Helen Hunt Jackson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Section 25. Margin. Wide margin pages please us at first sight. We do not stop to ask why. It has passed into an accepted rule that all elegant books must have broad, clear margins to their pages. We as much recognize such margins along the indications of promise in a book as we do fineness of paper, clearness of type, and beauty of binding. All three of these last, even in perfection, could not make any book beautiful or sightly whose pages had been left narrow-margined and crowded. There is no arbitrary decree of custom, no chance preference of an accredited authority. It would be dangerous to set limit to the power of fashion in anything, and yet it seems almost safe to say that not even fashion itself can ever make a narrow-margined page look other than shabby and mean. This inalienable right of the broad margin to our esteem is significant. It lies deep. The broad margin means something which is not measured by inches, has nothing to do with fashions of shape. It means room for notes, queries, added by any man's hand who reads. Meaning this, it means also much more than this, far more than the mere letter of right of way. It is a fine courtesy of recognition that no one page shall ever say the whole of its own message be exhaustive or ultimate, even of its own topic, determine or enforce its own opinion to the shutting out of others. No matter if the book live and grow old without so much as an interrogation point or a line of enthusiastic admiration drawn in it by human hand, still the gracious import and suggestion of its broad white spaces are the same. Each thought invites its neighbour, stands fairly to right or left of its opponent, and woos its friend. Thinking on this, we presently discover that margin means a species of freedom. No wonder the word and the thing it represents, wherever we find them, delight us. We use the word constantly in senses which, speaking carelessly, we should have called secondary and borrowed. Now we see that its application to pages or pictures or decorations and so forth was the borrowed and secondary use, and that primarily its meaning is spiritual. We must have margin, or be uncomfortable in everything in life. Our plan for a day, for a week, for our lifetime, must have it. Margin for change of purpose. Margin for interruption. Margin for incident. Making no allowance for these, we are fettered, we are disturbed, we are thwarted. Is there a greater misery than to be hurried? If we leave ourselves proper margin, we need never to be hurried. We always shall be if we crowd our plan. People pant, groan and complain as if hurry were a thing outside of themselves. An enemy, a monster, a disease which overtook them and against which they had no shelter. It is hard to be patient with such nonsense. Hurry is almost the only known misery which it is impossible to have brought upon one by other people's fault. If our plan of action for an hour or a day be so fatally spoiled by lack of margin, 
what shall we say of the mistake of the man who leaves himself no margin in matters of belief no room for a wholesome healthy doubt no provision for an added enlightenment no calculation for the inevitable progress of human knowledge this is in our eyes the crying sin and danger of elaborate creeds rigid formulas of exact statement on difficult and hidden mysteries the man who is ready to give pledge that the opinion he will hold to-morrow will be precisely the opinion he holds to-day has either thought very little or to little purpose or has resolved to quit thinking altogether end of section twenty five